This is the Muscle Sign Forum podcast, and we are currently uh, waiting to start our very first in person. I mean, it's not in person, but a podcast with other people around, not just us. Live podcast. Pretty cool. Yeah. Exciting. We'll see how it goes. We, we have never done this before. So if it sucks, sorry, but it won't suck. Come on. It we're won't the best. Suck. We're the I know. Best. I, it won't suck, coolest. but it might be a little, uh, it might be weird be and different. Yeah. And people who are listening later after the fact can maybe kind of feel like they were a part of the live podcast too. Cause we're going to yeah. be like talking to other random humans that are here with us. <laughs> can you hear yes. me? Okay. Is it like, do I need to, do um, I need to, is I, it a I little low? Is it a little Can low? You, push, you, you were having some issues earlier, I, but <laughs> we should have been recording while I was like throwing this microphone across the room <laughs> from rage, mic rage. We anyway. are like, you're having microphone issues. I am like trying not to look like an Oompa Loompa with my lighting because I had to download a new version of Zoom and then reset all my crap. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Struggles. Stupid microphone. I hate it so much. It won't, it won't. It's technology is annoying. So you have it like upside down. It won't like, go do you the see other mine? way. Mine's like. It won't bend that way. It won't. Come over that's here. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Come over here. All right. Let me just like walk out my door and go to Canada real quick. <laughs> well, we were trying to do that. And funny enough, yeah. you you tried to book a flight to, I think there's an Ontario in California. There is. And I think that's, yeah. So you almost booked a really cheap flight to Ontario, California, like, rather than Ontario, Canada, which would have been really shitty if you got on that plane, but it, crisis I know. averted. I was like, oh my God, this is a perfect flight. It's like 300 bucks round trip to Ontario. Like this is perfect. Ooh, and then Ontario, I don't know. How do you say it? On- Ontario. On- it's Ontario. a hard day. Ontario. Hard day. Anyway, you know that I'm a quarter French Canadian, right? Yeah. So you should know how to say Ontario. Come yeah, on. I'm Travesty. Just, yeah. Anyway. Um, and then I was like, you're like, oh, you should make sure like after this whole 10 minutes of going back and forth, then I'm literally like, all right, I'm going to go book this flight. You're like, you should make sure that it's the, um, I don't know why. Right something. Airport. Yes. Yeah. The right airport. And I was like, so I looked and I was like, oh crap. And then I looked at the, at your airport and it's literally double the price. And I was like, crap. Yeah. I mean, there is literally no, especially now with travel being what it is, there is no cross-border traveling happening for like under 500, but like you're not traveling from one end of America to the other end of Canada for under 500 bucks. Like it's not happening. I would be terrified of the airline that is giving you that cheap of a flight. So anyway, but that is part of our, our business plan for the next year is that you're going to come up to me. I'm going to come over to you and we're going to do more in-person content and just hang out and have more fun. And I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Yeah, me too. And we'll have to, uh, like, cause I want to come, I want to come in either November or December. So I'll have to figure it out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure see. it out. All, All right. right so we, we got some people in the waiting room, so I think we should. Yeah, we might as well do that. People they... will probably be coming in, yeah. you know, as they yeah. feel like it. All right. So I'm going to admit all. Um, give me one second. Are you on speak? Okay. Speaker view. Cool. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do we have to do some voice, um, things? (coughs) Just cough into the mic for like five minutes. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. Three, two, one. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we are. Welcome everybody. Hello. We will let everyone just log in and show your beautiful faces. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to give it a couple minutes because I think people might take some time to trickle in. Yes. But thank you. Go over our housekeeping. Yes. um, Well, first of all, first of all, welcome to the Muscle Science for Women podcast, because technically you guys are all a part of our very first live podcast in that we are recording this for the podcast, but with you folks joining. So thank you for doing that. Um, We're super pumped. We hope that this 
works out well. <laughs> um, but we figured this was a topic that, you know, keeps coming up and again and again, and is very interesting to people and very confusing for people. And so we wanted to have a chance to like really drill down and be specific um, with some of our thoughts and some of our, I hope, resources that are helpful, um, and then answer some specific questions from people who took the time to join us. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we should probably say what the topic is again, just in case. Yes, the topic is <laughs> troubleshooting body composition plateaus. And we will say that the majority of probably the the sort of like lecture discussion part is going to be regarding fat loss specifically, just because that is the by far most common issue or challenge people are talking about usually when they're talking about body composition. But it's, it's of course worth noting that people want to gain weight. People want to gain muscle. Um, it's not always about just losing fat specifically. Sometimes people want to lose muscle. It's as crazy as that is to believe, but th mm -hmm. it's possible. So everyone has their own kind of goals and we will speak to that too. Um, but the majority of this kind of information is going to be regarding people who are looking to lose, um, body fat. And so quick housekeeping. Um, if you folks could, it looks like everybody's muted, but if you could kind of just remain muted, that would be helpful for us for, um, just audio quality for the podcast. When we post this later, if you have questions that you would like us to address, if there are questions that come up as we're speaking, please do leave those in the chat because that's where we're going to go, um, to get the questions when we get to like the Q and a portion of the podcast. And if we, you know, obviously we're going to try to get to everything. If we can't, uh, we will, um, do another podcast episode and answer the questions there. So, um, that's it. You don't have to show your face, mm -hmm. but we love to see it. And yes. I think, I think that's it. I mean, really just the other, the, I guess the other reason we wanted to do this, um, was to test it out to like see some people and maybe Rachel and I are getting tired of talking to each other. No, no, we're not never, never. never. Um, never. but we also wanted people to get a sense of like, maybe what it's like, um, working with us, you know, we, we created this podcast together, um, as an offshoot of our muscle science for women program. And we wanted people to, who maybe hadn't signed up or maybe were interested or just interested in learning more about us to have this sort of more face-to-face, -face, um, experience and see if it's something you might be interested in. So we are going to be giving a very big discount for the program at the end of the call. If you guys stick around, um, so that's it. I mean, I think that's, is that all the housekeeping, Rachel? Is that everything we I need think to talk so. about? Yeah. And feel free, you know, as questions come up, you know, as you're listening to us talk, just dro drop them right in the chat. You don't have to wait till the end. Um, cause that will give us an idea of, um, whether or not we should continue to talk, <laughs> um, or if we have a lot of questions coming in, we'll probably, um, try to keep our talking, you know, as condensed as possible while still being able to get to this to the, the questions because that's you know the biggest thing with this live podcast is and all of you being here is we want to answer your questions live we want to um be able to you know dive a little bit deeper into specifics that you're struggling with because you know we obviously work work with tons of women um and we have an idea of kind of the the main things that are um causing plateaus or things that people are struggling with but everybody's different right so if you have specifics that you're like oh man i, I really want to learn a little bit more of this about this please drop them in the chat and we will try to get to as many questions as we can cool awesome and i know we had way more people signed up for this chat so people may just be waiting for the for the uh the re uh yeah you know, we the, have people tricking, the recording, like, trickling but... in though so. But that's okay. The less people, maybe the more questions we can answer. So anyway, yes. uh, so we're going to get right into it. So the actual lesson we're talking about troubleshooting and working through challenges and obstacles and plateaus when you're looking to change your body composition. And we have some very strategic, tactical, drilled down things for you to consider that we're going to discuss. But before we do that, we kind of wanted to start really high level and talk about some kind of more like bird's eye view things to consider or think about when we're talking about body composition goals. And the word that kind of keeps coming up for me and has been recently as Rachel and I have been working on our program and doing this podcast is this concept of alignment. So alignment with your goal and your life and your behaviors, 
right? And that seems like very common sense, um, but it's absolutely crucial to the success of your goal that these three things are truly aligned and that there is a lot of thought and understanding um, put into place before you move forward with a goal, right? So what I'm talking about with alignment with your goal in your life is if you're looking to perhaps get abs or be 12% body fat or be a very specific weight or lose a very specific amount of weight. These are all goals that for most of us require a ton of consistency, a ton of work, um, challenge, and a lot of prioritizing, right? On this specific goal. And if you have a lifestyle or a, you know, just a, a short period in your life that is not conducive to having this priority, you're kind of losing from the start, right? And I think that a lot of us, because really, I mean, every single one of us probably either ourselves or we know somebody whose goal is just, I just want to be lean. I just want to look good. I want to look good in a bathing suit. I want to look good naked. I want to be super fit. I want to be super lean, but maybe we haven't spent the time thinking about what it really takes, the sacrifice that it really takes, the work that it really takes. And if we have the capacity to do those things with the lifestyle that we have. So if, for example, I'm not trying to be a bummer. I'm just trying to be like, just sets. You're being real. I'm trying to be real. Um, the, you know, if you work shift work and you have kids and you are maybe taking care of somebody in your life, and maybe you have three weddings that you have to go to in the next three months and you just got a new job or, you know, there's always things going on in our lives that add stress. If you've got a crazy high stress life and a lot of responsibilities and a lot going on, maybe now isn't the time to try to get to a super low body fat that you've never reached before. And I think that we're so like sort of black and white and hard on ourselves that if we can't do it, we're failures and it's terrible. And we made this terrible decision. Maybe it's just not the right decision for right now. Right. So I think it's important when you have a goal to have a, a, a well thought out goal that aligns with what your life looks like and what your life is and the capacity that you have. So I think that that's, Again, it sounds like very common sense, but a lot of people just kind of think they're going to be able to fit it into their life and they'll figure it out later. And that's just not always the case. And it's okay to put that hyper-specific goal um, on the back burner until some other things, you know, pan out in your life, or maybe to change your goal and maybe to to make the goal stretch longer. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later about, you know, you don't have to do everything in 21 days or three months or whatever, you know? So anyway, that's something to think about. So you've got your goal aligning with your actual life and the capacity that you have, and then your behaviors, it's kind of coming back full circle, your behaviors aligning with the actual goal. And that again, sounds like common sense. Okay. I want to lose weight. I want to get lean. I have to change my diet. I have to eat more strictly. I have to exercise more something. Right. But Rachel and I, in our experience, one of the most common challenges we see with, and I'm speaking mostly about women who are looking to lose body fat, that the lifestyle behaviors that they think are aligned with their goal are actually in direct opposition to it because perhaps um, they've been taught something that's incorrect um, based on on poor information, um, or maybe it's just something that they've done for so long and they just kind of, they're scared to kind of do something different. Um, but the most common thing that we see with our clients are women who are chronically restricting uh, their calories and their their nutrition, and they're chronically uh, overtraining, and they're doing that in an effort to lose body fat, and it is having the opposite effect. Um, and so this is something that's actually deeper and more difficult to parse out because a lot of people would might come to you as a coach or you specifically and say like, I, my, my behaviors are in line with my goal. This is exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm working out all the time and I'm eating less and it doesn't always work out that way. Right. So anyway, this is, this is the stuff that we see the most commonly, um, with our clients and stuff that's really, really hard to work out because sometimes it can mean saying no to a goal. It can mean putting something aside. It can mean stepping deeply outside of your comfort zone and trying tactics that are the exact opposite of what you've done for years and years, perhaps in your life. Right. Um, so anyway, that's kind of like a very high level preamble. And to some of you, it may be like, yeah, duh, obviously. Um, but I do think that it's something that we don't always spend enough 
mindful time, um, really kind of planning out before we undertake a goal like body composition that is in most cases, a difficult, challenging goal that requires a lot, a lot of consistency and a lot of attention. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, Rachel, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, you, you crush it. So is, there was a third one to that though, too, or did you already cover the three? Cause in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, you know, the lifestyle, the behaviors, and then behaviors are one thing, but then the action side of it is yes. That well, goes I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking behavior and action are the same thing, okay. right? Like yeah. life, life to me, it's not necessarily lifestyle. It's like the reality. Like if mm-hmm. you are a nurse with two kids and maybe a sick parent and you've got X, Y, and Z going on and blah, 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 blah. Like the list goes on. Mm -hmm. That's your life. Those are kind of non-negotiables. Those aren't things that you can just like work your, your, you know, uh, plan around or your diet around, right? Like sometimes those things are just the priority. It's this, a massive amount of chronic stress. That's going to offset some of these other things that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. The actions are the things you do sort of have control over. Right. So it's like, do you have time to prep food? Can you eat enough? Do you know what kind of foods are going to be ideal for you? Do you have time to exercise? How are you exercising? Like that's the sort of action part. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, um, kind of to put that all together based off of what you said and kind of coming in from, cause we, we have, we agree on a lot of stuff and then we disagree on other stuff, but from what I've seen in just things that I've done, um, in the past for myself and with working with, you know, lots of other women, one of the things that really resonated with me was kind of the expectations that you have not Mm. matching the actions or behaviors that you are doing. Um, And this is something that takes a lot of uh, awareness, self-awareness to actually be like, okay, am I truly being honest with myself in what I am doing? And are my actions truly aligned with the goals that I have? Um, Because sometimes we, and, and are you being honest about that? Because sometimes it's like, we think that we're doing all the things But in the reality, it's like, if we actually go and audit ourselves, which we're going to do today with everybody in terms of, um, what we kind of call our fat loss audit, um, and, and realize too, that this, you know, as Ashley mentioned in the beginning, body composition is not only fat loss, right? Changing your body composition is not, does not just come down to fat loss, uh, muscle building muscle and having enough muscle is what is going to really dictate your actual body composition and how you look. Um, so just, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Um, but something that is really important, I think is just the self-awareness side of things and really being super, super honest with yourself in what you're doing and taking the time to audit the things that you have set in place to make sure that you're actually, that your actions are actually aligning with what you feel that you're doing or what your mm. mind is like, Hey, I I'm doing this. I'm, you know, I'm, working towards this goal. I'm in this fat loss phase, but are the things that you're literally truly actually doing aligned with those goals? Um, and this is something that it's also important to realize that from a mindset side of things, we, there's kind of the, and this is something I've seen a lot of people fall into and myself as well is being in this dieting mindset for so long that it is actually preventing you from taking the actions that you think you're taking because your mind is always in this restriction, restriction, restriction mode. And it becomes hard. The longer you're in that, the longer you're constantly restricting, the the less results you're going to get because it's going to become harder and harder to stick to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about this a lot, but so I guess that's kind of just following up there. And then, um, with actions matching your expectations, right? So this is something that I heard somebody say a while ago and it really had me thinking. Um, So, you know, if we're following a plan, if we're following, you know, we're tracking macros or tracking whatever, we're on point with our exercise and we're, we're on point with that during the week, right? Maybe Monday through Friday, it's like, all right, I'm on it. You know, I'm in my routine. And then we, you know, we talk about the weekends. The weekends are always, the harder part for most people and a little bit more variable. Um, and sometimes, you know, we go off plan, which is not always the end of the world, 
but if we're if we're trying to reach a specific goal in a specific timeline, we need to make sure that our our expectations and our actions match our expectations. So if you're on point, for example, five out of seven days a week, right? Monday through Friday, you're on point, and then Saturday and Sunday, or maybe it's Friday and Saturday, it's a little bit, you know, variable, and maybe you're on point Monday through Thursday and Sunday. Um, however, it's five out of seven, right? If we do some math there, that's about 70%, right? 70% of the week you're you're dialed in. But that's 70%. It's funny how math works, right? Because five yeah. out of seven sounds like, oh, sh- we're doing yeah. pretty damn good. Like, let me yeah. let my hair down on the weekends. But 70% yeah. is like, that doesn't 70%. sound quite yeah. as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 70% is a, is a C minus, right? Mm. C minus. So Which is if still you're... passing. <laughs> I mean, we're, hey, it's still yeah. passing. It's passing. It's not a fail. It's passing. However, if you are expecting to get a results or a plus results and you're constantly getting a C minus Mm -hmm. those, those actions are not aligning with expectation. Mm -hmm. So that's where the mindfulness, the self-awareness, the being super honest with yourself and auditing yourself, which we'll go through in a minute is where the bulk of what it's the bulk of what you should be paying attention to. And on top of that, Many, many people are doing something, right? They're they're following some type of plan and it's not working for them. So it's like, all right, this plan doesn't work for me. I need to I need to change something. I need to do something else, right? Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, it's you need to actually go into that plan. And maybe it's a crappy plan, right? We're not saying that. Taking the the kind of, you know, I I'm maybe you're working with a coach or something like that, and you, you know, you're on you know, you're following something that's not crazy extreme and like ridiculous. It's a good plan. But a lot of the times people are like, this isn't working. You know, you're doing it for a few weeks and you're like, I'm, you know, things aren't happening here. And most of the time it's that you actually need to audit what you're doing versus trying to change things. Cause if you continue Mm. to try to change things up, it is going to, first of all, be very hard to see what's actually working. And second of all, you probably don't need to change anything. We probably just need to get a little bit more dialed in on what you're actually doing and the actions that you're truly, truly taking to follow through with the results that you want to get. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, anything? yeah, I think, I think that's, that's great. And I think just bring it back full circle to this idea. Cause I think that was really good, like sort of visual verbal, like the, the C minus or like 70% thing it's okay to be 70% if that aligns with your goals and your life. So again, we live in this world where we all think that we should have a perfect six pack, be perfectly lean, eat perfect all the time, work out like an elite athlete, all of this stuff. And some of us do do that. And some of us do it for a small period of time for a specific reason. And some of us just want to enjoy our lives and like find a diet that is pleasurable, that makes us feel good, that keeps us healthy. And we don't actually need to have a six pack and we don't actually need to train like we're elite athletes. And we, we can afford to hit the goal that we're trying to do in a year instead of three months, you know, that's okay. So it goes back to this mindfulness of like, you're not failing if you decide to be a C student, you're just choosing a path that makes more sense for you. But it's about, like you said, the self-awareness. If you want that A plus result, you got to do the A plus things, Mm -hmm. but it's okay if you don't. So I think anyway, that's just something I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, hundred percent. So I think that we should probably get into our audit here. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, most common body comp plateaus, reasons um, why you might be hitting a plateau, questions to ask yourself. So this is really kind of like a self audit. Um, we have a document that we're going to share our screen and kind of go through the high levels of this. Um, this document is, um, we pulled it out of the Muscle Science Roman program, if anybody's curious about that. Um, and it's, we're going to kind of go through the high levels. We're not going to, it's, it's a pretty long document and you'll see lots of words, but we're going to uh, take out the top five um topics, the main ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did have a few other questions that I wrote down here that I want you to just kind of think about as well, before we jump into this. Um, the first one I I just talked about it was do your actions actually match your expectations, right? That's number one. Do your daily 
actions every single day match the expectations that you have for your goals, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is also something to think about. Is your smallest, leanest body really your happiest life, Mm. right? For most people, (laughs) including myself, my leanest, smallest body is not my happiest life at all. It's your hungriest though. Hungriest, yeah. (laughs) Usually. It's it's, uh, totally fine to have that goal. I just did a photo shoot a month or a video shoot like a month and a half ago. We talked about on the podcast, got really lean. I am a few pounds up from that and I am much happier at where I'm at, but it was really cool to get to that goal and to, to kind of achieve that goal. And I will do it again probably, but my leanest, smallest body is not my happiest life. There's Mm -hmm. restriction there. There's, you know, not being able to eat out as often on go out on Saturday date nights, you know, things like that. Right. So Mm -hmm. for most people, your leanest, smallest body is not your happiest life. And And just to, just again, just real quick, add on to it. I'm just literally reiterating the same thing because I can't help myself. But again, I have experience with this too, like bodybuilding and like doing very hyper-specific, like unsustainable lean end goal states. And we would joke in like the bodybuilding community that like the best place to be is like six weeks out from a competition because it's like, you're not crazy lean. You're still kind of eating good food. Sometimes like you feel good, you have energy, your sleep is good. So again, it's like this, this idea that if we stray a little bit from this black and white thinking of either, this is the goal, this is the weight, this is the body fat percentage. And if I don't hit that, it's a fail. And instead we think about let's balance this with like, yes, I want to be leaner. Yes. I want to see some more muscles, but I still do want to go out on the weekend sometimes. And I still do want to not be hungry all the time or whatever, you know, that's a win. Finding that sweet spot for you is the win, not just picking an arbitrary leanness or number and like getting there till it kills you, you know, hundred percent. Anyway, yeah. Um, Okay. And then the last question before we jump into the audit is, do you actually want to change your body composition or are you just focused on the scale? Mm. Because those don't necessarily align with what you really want to see in your composition, right? Because sometimes the scale going down is not always going to be aligned with what you'd like to see in the mirror. Um, Mm -hmm. So a few things to, to think about. Um, All right. So I'm going to pull up the document here. We got one question in the chat. Great. Um, Yeah. Feel free to keep, keep putting stuff there or even comments. Like if there's anything that's coming up where you're like, I think that's dumb or I think that's great. Like just give us any feedback because we like, we like to hear from you. Yes. Okay. So share my screen technology. You can do it. Share. Okay. Can everybody see my screen? Oh no, I'm at the bottom. Can everybody see <laughs> oh, my give screen? Give away the secrets. Crap. <laughs> um, all good? Yes. Can, move, can I move this thingy? Doesn't let me move the thingy. It's annoying. I wanted to zoom. Oh no. All right. Here we go. Too big? I Whatever. I think that's fine. Good enough. Okay. So again, this document is in the muscle science forum program. We're not going to read through every little thing, but we are going to touch on some of the, um, the high level things that you should be paying attention to if you are stalled in your fat loss efforts. So again, we're focused on fat loss here. Um, this is a, a fat loss stall self audit. Basically, um, if you think you've hit a fat loss stall or plateau, the first step is to audit yourself and what you're actually doing versus what you think, or you feel that you're doing. Um, so the first thing is, are you consistently tracking and hitting your macro and calorie targets, whether you are tracking your food with a food journal and you're, or you're just paying attention to your protein, whatever you're doing with that, everybody's going to be different. But I think Ashley will agree on this, that if we want, if we have a specific goal and a specific timeline, the most efficient way to get to that goal and timeline for most people is to have some awareness with their, what they're putting in their mouth. Right. Yep. I would definitely, definitely agree with that. Cool. Okay. Um, so the three things here, consistency, awareness, and accuracy, consistency being, I think the biggest thing here, um, actually not, maybe not the biggest thing, but it comes first for a reason. So consistency over time, awareness, and accuracy. 
Um, and so there's a bunch of different questions in here that um, we're not going to go through every single one, but this is something that I mentioned before. No macro or calorie adjustment can make up for a lack of consistency. Okay. So I did this many times. Ashley's probably done it too. Mm -hmm. And we've worked with many people who have, it's like, this isn't working. So I need to change this macro. I need to change my calories. I need to stop eating carbs or stop eating fat, right? Because it's not working. Oftentimes you don't have to do that. <laughs> um, it's really comes back to the consistency side of things, the awareness, the accuracy. So I'll just scroll down quickly through a few of these questions. Um, kind of asking yourself some of these, are you tracking all your meals, all days of the week? Are you tracking all those LN and Bs, licks, nibbles, and bites? Those add up very quickly. Um, what else here? Are you tracking cooking oils, condiments, creamers, dressings, alcohol, supplements, or anything else that might seem insignificant, right? Because those are the, the little things, the bite of your you know, kid's sandwich as you're prepping it for uh, well, maybe you don't take a bite out of your kid's sandwich before you give them lunch. I, I, I eat my kid's food all the time. So, I mean, yeah, I was going to say like a bite of your kid's sandwich as you're prepping it for, I do have a question though. I do. Yeah. I do have a question as we're talking about me being mom of the year here. Um, you know, maybe what this is, is just like an awareness of like, maybe do less of that, like mindless nibbling throughout the day, because it's mm -hmm. very hard to track these things. Like it's one thing to put in peanut butter sandwich. It's another thing to put in a bite of a peanut butter sandwich, right? Like that's, yeah, that's tough to do. And I know that human nature, myself included, like when I was in my tracking days, if I had like a crappy day where I like ate crap and I just didn't want to think about it, I wouldn't track it where, and there goes the awareness and the consistency. I'm just like, eh, that didn't happen, which is not helpful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that? Like, it seems like this is just a deterrent to do less of that mindless snacking, because how do you track, how do you track LNs and Bs? Yeah. So it, the, the question, are you tracking the LNs and Bs is really to get you to be aware of those. And yeah. are you actually like, if you do one day, like maybe one day you, you do track them, right? All the, the little nibbles that you have throughout the day, you track them and you see how much that adds up to. And then that will build awareness for you, right? Because these little things, they, they add up, they can add up quickly, especially if they're from the peanut butter, like a bite of a peanut butter sandwich is 150 calories. What? Minimum. What kind of bite are you taking, dude? Jeez. Listen, <laughs> how much peanut butter you put? Have you ever measured a tablespoon of peanut butter on a piece of toast? It's like the littlest thing. It's like literally lot. like a sliver. You don't it's even know it. It's a lot. So, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. It's just the, it's, it's more so, and it's not even just the tracking side of it. It's the tracking is what builds the awareness. And that's what, what we're really trying to get at is the awareness of, okay, like, you know, and this is the audit that you're doing. Like if you're, if you're saying, okay, this isn't working, my calories are not working for my goal. I need to reduce my calories more. Or I need to change my macros. Oftentimes it's like, no, we don't need to change anything. We just have to get a little bit more diligent about what we're actually doing and be very honest with ourselves there, because that is a lot of this stuff. And we all struggle with it. It's literally human nature, right? That's mm -hmm. so, especially with our modern environment and world, right? Um, and I'm going to go through a few more of these and then Ashley's going to hit on the, the second one. Are you measuring food accurately and logging it correctly? Realize this is all under that one thing about the, um, the accuracy, the consistency, the awareness. Um, and then the last one here is, are you consistently hitting your protein target and eating 80% plus whole foods each day? Are you eating out a lot or getting too flexible? Your food choices. Um, so audit number one, if you can't say yes to 90% of the above questions, you don't need to change anything. You have to get your consistency, awareness, and accuracy in check. Um, mm -hmm. That was a lot, but and I know we skimmed through it, but this is kind of a high level view. Yeah. A couple just quick things to piggyback off that, because that is a big one. Like of all of the, mm -hmm. the things we're going to talk about, that might be like one of the bigger ones, um, you know, and I have to say like a caveat to like, if you haven't been doing it perfectly and you haven't been doing it long, keep doing it. It's probably mm -hmm. not a problem with the plan. However, the alternative to that is what I was saying at the top of the call, where some people stick to it too long when there's no evidence that it's working. And then you have to kind of cut out of that rut. So, but again, this is, there's a wide range here. Like if you try a macro, you know, a, whatever, like somebody gives you some macros and you try it and you don't like it for two weeks and it's not working. Like 
yes, you need to do this audit, right? But if you've been eating 1200 calories and 20 grams of carbs for three years, and you're still struggling to hit your body composition, yeah, you need to switch some stuff up at that point. So like, there's this, again, awareness of like, there is a certain tipping point where you do need to, um, Mm -hmm. make changes, but this, I mean, this is anyway, if that makes sense. Um, and And that's what we go into in like setting up your macros for your, like your goal and your, you know, based off you as an individual, we go into all that in the program in that, uh, in our, uh, nutrition document, Mm -hmm. but yeah, this is very, like, this is a small piece of everything else pulled out. (laughs) It's very hard. It's very hard to fit this stuff into like one hour, even like Rachel and I were talking, we're like, we're going to make this like hyper-specific and it's still hard to fit all this stuff in an hour, but we really try. And I just, again, I think it's important because we're like real talking it here as coaches. Like it's important for people to know, like that first big piece of information is like, you have to track every single thing and you have to be really on the ball and you have to be very aware. And all of that stuff sounds very dogmatic. And in a, in a way it can be, but it's realistically the stuff that if you want to change, if you want to tweak, if you want to lose fat, you do kind of have to be that on top of things for a period of time, because women's bodies do not like to lose fat. And we also tend to be smaller people. We tend to have Mm -hmm. less muscle relative to men, all of these things that work against us losing fat quickly. Everybody probably has a story of like trying to lose some fat with their boyfriend or their friend or their husband or whatever. And the guy like stops drinking beer and loses 30 pounds in a week. And the women are over here, like busting their ass and nothing happens, right? Like we know that it is more difficult for us because our bodies hold on to more fat naturally in a healthy way and protectively. And so it doesn't want to make these changes. We really have to be that consistent and that on top of it in many cases for, for the change to happen. So anyway, okay. Number two, um, are you paying attention to biweekly and monthly average weight trends, not just daily fluctuations? This is a huge one. Um, that's really kind of, to me, it seems like this is going against the sort of lots of work um, and intensity of the first one saying like, take it easy. You do not have to weigh yourself every day. You don't have to obsess over a couple pounds up yesterday and two pounds down tomorrow. Um, our bodies fluctuate naturally from, for many factors, anything from, you know, your monthly cycle to how hydrated you are, to how much food you ate. Did you have a good night's sleep last night? Did you drink a day or two ago? Did you work out really hard? There are so many reasons. Um, did you weigh yourself later in the day than you did the other time? Like there are so many reasons Mm -hmm. that checking yourself daily is first of all, just an unpleasant practice and also not really helpful. Um, so yeah, it's really more about, again, consistency averages over a period of time um, than obsessively mm-hmm. checking and freaking out because you gained a pound even though you ate perfectly yesterday. You know what I mean? So the yeah. audit here is, have you lost greater than 0.5% of body weight on average over the last two weeks? If yes, keep doing what you're doing. That's It sounds like a small amount, but that's a healthy and significant amount of fat loss Mm -hmm. for anybody to be losing. And that actually, that actually indicates this like small insignificant number actually indicates that you're doing it in a sustainable, healthy way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, crash diets where you're losing, and this is dependent on people and how they're coming into the plan. But if you're losing pounds and pounds and pounds, that's not really necessarily a sustainable thing. That's going to keep up or even be healthy or good for Mm -hmm. you in the long run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this one kind of piggybacks off the last one, um, in terms of paying attention to to measurements and also, you know, maybe not paying attention to the scale, um, as much as we want to, because the scale is something that we get caught up on a lot. I get caught up on it as well. Um, are your body tape measurements decreasing? So if you're not taking body tape measurements, if you're not paying attention to other metrics, tracking your body composition changes, like aside from the scale, you're missing out on a lot that could be happening and that you don't really see happening in the moment, especially with the scale every single day. So are you, are you, sorry, are your body tape measurements decreasing? Ask yourself this question. Um, this is kind of a, a more specific one, but have you lost greater than half a centimeter off of multiple measurement sites over the last week or two? If yes, you're losing body fat, no adjustments are needed, even if the scale's not moving, right? And we go through all the, you know, areas to take body tape measurements and things like that in the program um, and kind of lay that out 
you know, exactly for what you'd want to do to different areas to track and things like that. But this is something that I missed out on for years is kind of not, it was just paying attention to the scale, right. And not looking at all the other things, body tape measurements, pictures, how your clothes are fitting, how you're feeling, how mm-hmm. your performance is in the gym, things like that. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting for that too, that if you're going for like a C plus B approach instead of an A plus that you also don't have to necessarily, I think, um, body measurements are effective, um, but you don't have to do that. If that's something that you're like, ugh, that's the last thing I want to do, maybe take pictures that no one has to mm-hmm. see, but you, um, pictures are a very, and you don't even have to be, you know, naked or in your bikini or whatever. You could just be wearing whatever the outfit is. You, you want to feel better. <laughs> yes. Naked. Is that Canadian? <laughs> Listen, like maybe anyway, you don't Naked. have to, you don't have to do something that makes you uncomfortable is what I'm saying. You don't have to measure yourself with the tape and you don't have to take a picture in your bikini. You can take a picture in whatever outfit is that you like want to look better in, or just the same outfits that you have some sense, but like that shows your progress. And it also is a better indicator of progress and feeling good and making change. If you can look at, at your body and say, I can see the changes and I feel the changes and the outfit that I'm wearing. Right. So anyway, you know, there are many ways you can do that. Um, and then number four, are you consistently hitting your step movement goals? This is massive. Mm -hmm. This is another one of those super, super important, completely unsexy, um, lifestyle things that we are telling people to do all the time. And it's, it's rough because I know people are just like, boo, walking, moving, no one cares. I want to do like some hardcore CrossFit workout or something, but like, man, walking is so, so important. And even not even just walking and not even just movement, it's the avoiding not moving, right? It's like moving is important, but it's avoiding not moving for long periods of time. That's huge. Just move your body as much as possible. And walking is a great way to accomplish that. So, and the other thing to consider too, is that if you are trying to lose fat, if you are restricting calories or just eating less calories than you used to, again, your body is smart. It's going to pick up on that. It's going to be like, Hey, I'm like getting less energy. I kind of feel like moving less. And you may compensate by doing less of this daily movement. You may find your steps going down. You may find yourself sitting a little bit longer on the couch. So these are things again, goes back to what Rachel was saying about mindfulness and awareness and tracking, um, pay attention and try to keep those within the healthy, reasonable range, try to keep that movement up, try to keep that, um, not sitting for hours at a time, um, try to keep your steps up. Cause that's just a healthy way to, to combat the, yes. um, yeah. Yep. Yes. And to piggyback off that, it is absolutely normal for your energy levels to dip if you are in a fat loss phase, especially towards the end of it. Um, however, it, this will also very much depend on how aggressive you're getting, right? The more aggressive you get, the more they will dip and you don't have to get that aggressive. You don't necessarily have to feel, you know, like energy is, you know, that much different than if you're at maintenance, especially if you're taking a, a smart approach to it. However, just realize that if you are losing body fat, you are in a deficit and your body is in a mode where it is going to try to survive, right? Because it's, it's sensing scarcity, right? You have scarcity of fuel coming in. That is literally the definition of being in a calorie deficit, which we know is required to lose body fat. Your body's going to compensate and it's going to do things that you will not even know are happening. You're going to start blinking less. You're going to start moving your hands less. You're going to not go to the mailbox, to get the mail because you just don't have that extra energy to do that. Um, and these things are things that will happen subconsciously as you continue in the de- in the deficit. It's called metabolic adaptation. It's part, it's a normal part of the process of losing body fat. It's not your metabolism breaking or anything like that. It is part of the process. So if you are aware of that, that is the way to combat, um, you know, not falling into the quote unquote trap of starting to move a lot less. And then you hit this plateau and you're like, oh man, why am I like, why can't I lose any more body fat? And one of the things that I've seen is one of the biggest things is just if you're not paying attention to your overall movement throughout the day, this is aside from any exercise you're doing. This is just general Mm -hmm. movement you know, folding the laundry, playing with your kids, things like that, it adds up, right? It doesn't seem like a lot, but it adds up day to day, week week to week, month to month, it will compound over itself. So pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last one here is just, was your last adjustment less than two weeks? So this is where we talked about 
making changes. Um, and we talked about this, I think a little bit on the last podcast is if you are changing things up too often, um, whether it's from calories, whether it's from your exercise, from your movement, things like that, and you're changing things every three or four days, that is too soon. You have to give things at least, in my opinion, two weeks. If you make an adjustment to your calories, um, which you may have to do as you continue to lose weight, because for example, if you do have a lot of weight to lose or body fat to lose, the amount of calories you were consuming when you started your diet, if you lost 10 pounds, you are literally a smaller version of yourself. And so what you could maintain, or sorry, what you could lose body fat on initially, you're now 10 pounds lighter. So you may have to drop calories a little bit more because now what was a deficit is now closer to your maintenance. And this is very, you know, going to, I'm not going to go into all the specifics with that, but it's being aware of, okay, you know, I got to, I have to give it time. You know, I need to, to at least give myself two weeks from my last adjustment to see where things are going, because it's oftentimes we want to switch things up too fast, too soon. And it's really like, okay, I just need to be a little bit more patient. Um, so that's kind of the, the last one high level there. Whoops. I did not. I'd even say longer than two weeks too. Like honestly two weeks, I mean, maybe bare minimum. minimum. And that's if you're, yeah, if you're like already kind of like super dialed in, but if you're kind of newer Mm -hmm. to this process and stuff like that, like I would say like, yeah, more than two weeks because our bodies is, is the minimum. It takes, it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have some, we have one question from Joe. Um, and I can read, do you want me to read this or you want to read this? Well, I guess we can just, um, and just sort of wrap it up. So that's like, those are the main things for, for fat loss. So again, if there's, if there's anything, um, we can answer this question, of course, because, uh, you asked it and you came and showed up for our podcast. We're going to ask this, answer this question first, but we can also speak to things like, you know, trying to build muscle that's changing body composition, trying to gain weight. I have clients who are like, I want to gain some mass and like, yes, it's muscle. But like, at the end of the day, I just want to be, you know, bigger. There are other, um, considerations too, that are important. And also the confusion, if we go back to the beginning of like, what are our goals? A lot of people say, I want to look better, or I want to be toned, or I want to like see some muscle. Um, and people assume, okay, that means I need to lose fat or I need to like lose weight or I need to get skinnier or whatever. When, in some cases, maybe the better approach is actually building muscle, which is going to involve potentially gaining some weight, eating more, maybe even some measurements like biceps or something are going to get a little bigger. Like it may be the opposite of what you were initially thinking, but it ends up that it's really what you wanted. Right. So some of it's like semantics and understanding, but yeah. Um, okay. So do you want me to read, read this Rachel, and then you can address it or yeah. Okay. Joe says, (laughs) I'm practicing maintenance for the first time, which I owe to you two ladies. Cool. Decades of overtraining and under eating and trusting your suggestions. I started my recomp journey in February. Slowly, steadily, I went from eating 1600 calories and working out seven days a week to now being at maintenance around 2000 plus and lifting heavy three to four days a week, depending if I hike or not. Awesome. I feel absolutely liberated. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is amazing. This is like free advertising guys. Amazing. Um, (laughs) My question is in maintenance, while I'm trying to rest my body before I move into a build, then cut, should I still be practicing progressive overload? Each lift session I progress, but should I pull back right now? That's an interesting question. So this is more of a training question. She says it's, it's, this is fine. This is still, you know, a cool, cool question to think about. Um, yes. So in maintenance, while I'm trying to rest my body, should I still be practicing progressive overload? What do you think? My simple answer is you should always be practicing progressive overload in the sense of trying to get better. And and progressive overload is a whole host of things. It's not just increasing weight or doing more reps, right? There's things that you could focus on, like for example, um, you know, getting getting better at a specific movement, like your technique is getting better, right? Over time, that is progressive overload because the more the the better you get at the technique that you're doing, the more your muscle is going to be, the more you're probably going to be on, under a little bit more. T- it was important for muscle building, but a lot of people think progressive overload. Oh, I need to add weight to the bar or whatever every single week, or I need to add more reps or whatever it is, but. Yes, those are two of the main things, but there's so many other components of progressive overload. Um, But I would say that 
I don't, I think that yes, you should still focus on progressing each week as much as you can, especially at maintenance, because now you have a good amount of fuel coming in. And this is the time that you can still put on some muscle. Even if you're not in a surplus, you can absolutely put on muscle at maintenance. It's just a longer process, right? It just takes longer than if you were to give yourself a little bit more fuel, go into a little bit of a surplus that kind of, you know, tells your body like, all right, I got, I got the fuel coming in. Now I can prioritize building muscle versus just everyday survival. Right. Um, and even in a fat loss phase, you should still be focusing on progressive overload. So when it comes to your training, I think personally, Ashley, you can disagree that progressive overload is something that you should focus on regardless of fat loss, maintenance surplus, right? How you go about or what you specifically focus on within the type of progressive overload that you're doing. That is another, another kind of whole topic on its own, um, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I mean, I would agree with that. And I would just say that again, sort of pay attention to your body signals, like when doing this, whatever the progressive overload plan is that you're doing. And, you know, if you're enjoying it, if you're sleeping, okay, if you're not like overly crazy sore all the time, like just the, the, the regular signs of overtraining, because as you said, you're in a maintenance period, you're about to go into some kind of more intense, like building, cutting, whatever period. So you, you don't want to overstress yourself or go into that new phase already sort of like pre burnt out a little bit. Right. So just kind of pay attention, but it doesn't mean you can't be working hard and building muscle and yeah, doing the progressive overload thing, but thank you very much for that message. That was really kind. And that makes us feel really good. So thank you. Can I say one more thing? Maintenance is so underrated. And I think it's something that people don't spend enough time in because maintenance is, I think it's the hardest thing for people to spend time in, including myself. And I think that there's so much that can actually happen at maintenance. So many amazing things. Yes. It's a longer, it takes longer. Right. But for a lot of people who are just doing, you know, working out and eating, you know, right. Just to feel good overall in their life. Maintenance is super underrated and it's in itself. It is a goal. I think um, it's not just like, oh, I'm just practicing maintenance, so I'm not doing anything. No, you're doing something. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just wanted I, to, to put that out there. <laughs> I feel like that's like maintenance is like another word for like living. Like it's like the things yeah. you do in between your goals. Like you don't always have to have like a crazy epic goal. You should be able to yeah. like experience health and and feel good in between. Like, you know, Absolutely. that's like, anyway. Okay. Um, question here from Rudy. This is a really good question. How yeah. do we know? Do you want me we- to read it since yeah, I, yeah. you read the last one? Go for okay. it. And then yeah. you can go first. Sure. How do we know if we should not be trying to lose any more fat? What signals or signs are there to know you may be compromising health if you continue to aim to lose weight or fat? And how do we differentiate it from a plateau versus our body telling us it's happy where it's at? Yeah, it's such a good question. question. I mean, and yeah, and there's like so many answers and there's so much context, but there are some like high level things that we can talk about here, of course. Um, And I think some of it's subjective and some of it's objective, like one huge red flag, obviously, is if you are, um, if you lose your cycle, right? Like if you have a regular cycle and that is either becomes irregular or stops or changes in any way, that seems different or unpleasant or not typical, that's usually a pretty big sign that maybe you're either losing weight too quickly, or you're just kind of overly stressed. Um, that is really one of the women's sort of key, um, alarm bells that like something isn't, um, something isn't working, you know, if there's some cycle of regularities other, basically if, if there are any like lifestyle factors that suddenly go bad as a result of your diet, if your sleep suddenly sucks and it used to be good, if your mood and energy sucks and it used to be good, if your digestion is off, um, if you don't have the energy or the desire to be in the gym working out like you used to, um, all of those things are really good signs that not even necessarily that you're unhealthily lean or too skinny or all of these things. Cause again, a lot of this can be subjective from person to person, but it may be that your plan is a little too intense, or maybe you're not allowing recovery, or maybe things are just going too quickly and you need to maybe slow down or take a break. Um, and also the sort of subjective part is like, there isn't, I don't think Rachel, you can talk about this, but like 
the, the numbers like BMI and body fat percentages and waist to hip ratios and all of those things. A lot of that is super subjective, outdated, doesn't make sense, um, doesn't apply to different bodies. And so we can't say that like this body fat percentage is definitely unhealthy. It's either too high or too low, right? Because it just, it, there's too much variance, I think with women, like probably we could create some vast, you know, um, area that you could fit in between. Right. But like, that's not really helpful. So do you feel good? Do you feel, can you move freely and without pain? Do you enjoy the moves that you're doing in the gym? Are you getting stronger? Do you like the way you look in your, in your clothes? Like, you know, those things are subjective markers, um, that you should be paying attention to too. Um, because I just think that our obsession with like, well, you know, some doctor or somebody told us that this body fat percentage is what we should be aiming for. So that's what we should go for. It's just not helpful for most people. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, I don't, I don't pay attention to body fat percentage at all, or with any of my clients at all. Um, because there's so many different variables that go into that different ways to measure BMI. I don't even know what that means anymore because it doesn't matter. Um, that, that it's just information that I don't think is helpful when we're really focused on, you know, feeling and looking our best, which there's nothing wrong with wanting to look your best, right. Wanting Mm -hmm. to feel as confident as possible. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, don't get caught up on, on those numbers. We're really looking at like the trends of things over time, you know, all the things that we talked about in that audit. And I would say too, that everything that you mentioned hundred percent, I agree with, but I will say that if you are in a deficit, if you are in a fat loss phase, it is okay to have some hunger. That is normal Mm. to have hunger at times. You're literally putting your body into a deficit and not giving it enough food to maintain your current homeostasis, your current weight, right? So hunger is Mm. normal, but feeling hungry and, you know, having, you know, binge restrict cycles, that stuff is obviously not normal. So there's really a balance and a a fine line that you need to find for yourself through that. Um, Mm -hmm. so some hunger that, you know, pops up during the week, right? Maybe your stomach growls a little bit and it's, you know, you're, you've hit your calorie goal for the day. Some of that's normal, right? Going Mm -hmm. to bed a little bit hungry during a fat loss phase, sometimes not every single night is normal. Um, and then I would also say that it is also normal to have a little bit less energy in the gym, um, especially towards the end, as you have been in the deficit, as you're coming to the end of your timeline, um, if you have a timeline, it's normal to have a little bit less energy, you know, for your training sessions to go into the gym every single day and feel absolutely wiped is not normal, mm-hmm. but to have a little bit less like oomph is normal at times. And this is just all because if you think about it from like, a, you know, what's the word? a perspective of like, I'm literally feeding my body less fuel. So obviously it's going to not perform as well as if I was feeding it enough fuel. (laughs) So, and that's why we can't always be in a deficit or can't always be dieting because you're literally just going to feel like shit all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but everything that Ashley said in terms of all the things that you said, um, that's definitely important to pay attention to. I just wanted to like kind of reiterate that because I think that it's, like if you go into a fat loss phase and you're like, yes, like I'm never going to feel hungry and my yeah. energy level is always going to be absolutely awesome. Like, I think that that's just a lie. Um, mm-hmm. and that you have to be prepared for that because if you aren't, then some other things can, can start going on. So, yeah. And I yeah. think it's also important to consider too, if you're thinking about, if you have like a weight or a body fat percentage or a look in mind, um, there's a difference between like, a coach telling you like, be, be realistic and just settle for something that's not as good as what you want. And having a deep understanding of like health and happiness, as well as just what you physically look like. Like I had a client recently who was saying, you know, I want to be this weight and I know I can get there. And I know that my body can be that weight because I've been that weight before I got to that weight before. And through our conversation, we learned that she got to that weight very temporarily through a very arduous, restrictive diet that was in no way sustainable. So in that case, what we're saying is like, physically, you can get to that weight, but you probably shouldn't 
and you probably shouldn't stay there. It's probably not healthy or pleasurable or, you know, pragmatically, it is not sustainable because you got there in an unsustainable way and couldn't stay there. Right. So Mm -hmm. again, it's like this mindset thing of like, do I have to be that weight? What is it about that number? Can I pull back and just maybe care a little bit less about the weight and maybe just pay attention to, okay, I did lose some body fat. I feel better. My joints feel better. I look better. Maybe that weight doesn't actually matter that much. You know what I mean? So again, it's not like we're telling you like, trying to be super fit is unrealistic and don't do it. It's like, just again, we're weighing like the realities and the the health aspect and what you need to do to get there. You know, um, that's a lot of stuff. I hope that's kind of helpful because there there really isn't like a a black and white, um, kind of answer to that, but, um, okay. Ariel. And then I think we have to go after this. Um, but if anybody has any questions, you know, you can always, email us. You can reach out to us on like our websites, on social media. Uh, we have a dedicated email that's muscle science for the number four women mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And you can talk to us anytime you want there. Um, just say hi, whatever you want to do. Um, but the last question is from Ariel and she says, would you say the same rules apply for perimenopausal women or do the hormonal changes cause weight loss resistance? Another very good question. Very good question. Yeah. We could, I think we actually are going to do a whole webinar on this. Um, and when you say rules, um, I think that you're referring to the audit. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yes, the audit, all of those things still apply. Um, it can though be harder to, and when I say harder, yes, there's, there's so many different ways to go down this. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. You guys, Um, you might just have to come to our next webinar. Yeah. There's just so many different pieces of it, but the rules still apply is the simple answer. Um, however, one thing to consider if you are having hormonal issues and if you are in perimenopause, some things can be a little bit more difficult just through all the changes that your body's going through. And there, some things can also be a little bit unfair in the sense of just as an example, like the amount of calories that you maybe consumed in a deficit 10 years ago might be more that you can now consume now because of the hormonal changes that are happening. And when I say that, it means that you can still absolutely lose body fat, but you might have to get a little bit more in tune and aggressive with the approach that you're taking at certain times. Everybody's different though. Um, sorry, something just popped up here. And this is like, I'm not even doing the stresses because this is like a whole conversation. So I'm going to give it to Ashley to, I mean, because there's just so much. Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately we would have to, we'd need another hour to talk about it, but uh, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, the rules are the same. And if you, if any of you follow, um, you know, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, she talks a lot about diet for Mm -hmm. maintaining, um, healthy muscle mass as we age and for, um, peri and menopausal postmenopausal women, you, there are things like protein being more important, right? Like a lot of times people are thinking like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm not training the same way I was in my twenties and I'm getting older and maybe, you know, I can start just restricting everything. And maybe I don't need to eat these big steaks all the time. And it's like, no, eat more steaks, um, because you need it more because things like as we age muscle protein synthesis, it's not, we don't sort of synthesize the, the protein and the amino acids and all the things from the food we're eating as well. So yes, like Rachel's saying, like we might need to work a little harder, but the rules aren't necessarily different, especially if you are optimizing your hormonal health at every stage, right? And if you are doing all the right things in terms of like stress reduction and sleep, um, and healthy movement and, you know, mm-hmm. optimizing muscle mass and all of those things, you're going to have an easier time than people who aren't doing those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, there's like, there's no good news as we get older, right? It's just like a new fun yeah. thing to deal with every decade, yeah. but we can do it. But we can, you do, can it. do it. And there yes. are steps that you can take. Absolutely. It just might take a little bit more. Yes. Work. Yeah. But it's not impossible. Awesome. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. This was fun. I want to do it again. Um, we will be doing it again. We actually have like a very fun muscle science for women future plan to do more of this stuff so we can actually connect with you guys and like see people in real life. 
Um, but that's it. So for anybody who, you know, you guys stuck with us this entire hour, we want to give you a discount. If you are interested in taking the full muscle science for women course with us, um, the discount is what is it, Rachel? MSW 25 for 25. We'll email off. it to you too. We'll email that. Yes, to you. You'll get an email with the direct link, but it's MSW 25 for 25% off the entire uh, course. And it is only available for 48 hours. It will expire after 48 hours when this, uh, mm-hmm. thing ends. That's the biggest discount <laughs> we've ever given. So it's kind of a big deal. And, you know, if you have questions about the program before you sign up again, just email us or, you know, send us a message. Um, but if you liked this chat today, if you can stand to listen to our voice a little bit more, the good, one of the great things about this program is you have access to us the entire time. You can ask us questions and and chat with us as you go through it. So we're always kind of available to you and there for you. So, um, Mm -hmm. so that's it. Thank you guys so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your night and your week and, um, just keep in touch. If you guys have any questions or want to connect, you know where to find us. Yeah. And just remember, you don't have to get naked. But you can't if you want to. Hey, you can get (laughs) naked if you want to. Okay. It's late for me. It's bedtime. I got to go. All right. Bye guys. Bye.